0: This is Matthew 5 verses 38 to 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil doer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect.
1: Long before there were protests, long before people were fighting for civil rights, there was Jesus Before we think of Jesus as a oftentimes we think of Jesus as a a very holy figure and he was very much so I believe that Jesus was the son of God I believe Jesus was God but I also believe that Jesus was radical in his day that he was political that he was creating a movement that shook a lot of people up and a lot of people it shook up Let let me put it this way. If there are things that Jesus says that do not leave you at times feeling uncomfortable, you're not reading them right. Because the message that Jesus was sending at the time in the first century, oftentimes left everyone feeling uncomfortable. Just when they thought that Jesus was on their side and going to represent them, he switched the tables and made everyone think, That's why a lot of times in the service, when we pray, we talk about uh, help us feel challenged because the words of Jesus should challenge us. The words of Christ should make us motivated. We should be a little bit uncomfortable to where it forces us to move forward in one direction or another. It should force us to take a little bit of a self-inventory of our own behavior and see how we're doing. This is a passage that has been often used as... um, in many, in, in a variety of ways. And some people criticize it because they say that Jesus is telling people to be a, uh, a doormat. They're saying Jesus didn't understand what, what was going on in our world today. When we talk about persecution, when we talk about heartache, when we talk about people being abused, we're really talking about some nasty stuff here. And we don't just turn the other cheek and we don't just let it go. We can't just do that. And Jesus doesn't understand. Therefore, a lot of people it's led them to believe that Christianity is no longer relevant for today. But I really, I, I really want us to understand something here. If we look at the time when Jesus was talking about this, he's doing it on a uh, what's what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And a lot of people think that this was kind of his his um, uh, a part of his longer sermon that he gave wherever he went. And they, they labeled it Sermon on the Mound because he gave it once, but they also believe that he probably gave it more than that. You know, wherever he would go into a town, when he would preach and when he would speak, this is kind of the message that he's giving to people. It was a repeti- repetitive message because he wanted us to understand it. And today, we still are struggling to understand it. Like I said, we think that it means uh, allowing people just to walk all over us and be a doormat. Uh, other people have used it in a way that thinks that it's part of a, 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 a something much different. The people that Jesus is preaching to, are preaching to, is preaching to, are preaching to, you were a teacher. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the people in the first century were persecuted. They were being abused. In fact, more of them could say, uh, you don't know how bad we have it, than more of us could say today. Imagine if uh, the city uh, that we live in, the city of Lincoln, Nebraska, was suddenly overtaken by a, a hostile force. We see it in movies all the time, but imagine that that really happened. And suddenly, you are no longer considered human, you are considered a lower class. And the force that has now occupies the land has the rights over everything. They can abuse you. They can hurt you. They can take away all of your earnings. They can separate you from your family. And if you balk at that, if you complain about that, they can kill you. That's a little bit different than what we live now. But that doesn't take away from the, tra- the, the challenges and the hurt and the, and the abuse that many of us have felt in our lives. But I say that because I want us to know that Jesus did know what we go through today, just as he knew what they went through then. Jesus was raised in a poor family. He was raised in a town that was insignificant. He knew what it was like to be persecuted. He knew what it was like to be second class, third class. He knew what it was like to be treated inhumane. And yet he still talks about this love. Now, granted, he's not talking about... Um... Will, can I borrow you for a second? Sure. All right, come on up here, buddy. Are you right-handed? Uh, yes. Okay. Had to think about that. Wow, that's a musician. Um <laughs> In Roman times, people were, were disrespected and, 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 and distreated, and it was okay for somebody to just come up, uh, talk poorly about you, <laughs> he, 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 he knows the scripture, <laughs> and uh, hit you, okay? So act like you're going to slap me across the face, okay? Right there. Okay, you're going to slap me on the right side of the face. You see what he did there with this? Okay. Back in those times, uh, the the Israelites, the Jewish people, when it came to the Roman people, were considered so insignificant, so um, vile, so unclean, that if I'm going to strike you, I'm going to do it with the back of my hand because I won't dare touch you with this part because you're so dirty. You can sit down now. I know. He really has some violent tendencies. I'm really glad that I'm over there. Um, Jesus is saying that when somebody comes and smacks you, turn the other cheek. In other words, make them, make them slap you with their open hand. He's still talking about slapping. He's still talking about the reality that they are being persecuted. He's not talking about a miracle cure here. They are living in tough times. Remember that he's not the person that goes around and says, I'm going to wipe all of this away and nobody's going to treat you poorly anymore. He's living in that reality. A lot of people thought that he was going to be this, uh, this angel with a sword and he was going to clear out the Romans. He's not doing that. But he is saying that when they persecute you, when they abuse you, Force them to treat you like a human being. Force them to treat you as somebody that is an equal. That is not um, unclean. If they're going to hit you, as they can in a respectful way, make them do it. And the same with when somebody says, um, if somebody forces you to walk a mile. In Roman times... Back when they were, uh, imagine us, okay? We're, we're occupied now, and we have people that are treating us as subhumane. I got a load that I need to carry. I can just grab either one of you and say, carry it for a mile. Carry my belongings for one mile. And you were obligated to do so. That was the agreement. I could force any of you to carry whatever I had for a mile. And so that's what Jesus is talking about when they force you to go a mile. And he's saying, go the extra one. Because if you're a Roman soldier and you know that you have that, the the rights that that you've been granted is to make you go a mile. And suddenly the person that you're carrying, that, that is carrying your stuff goes, starts going a second mile. Suddenly as a Roman soldier, you're thinking, oh, um, That doesn't work for me because my superiors are going to think that I'm abusing the system now. They're thinking that I'm actually now not doing within the agreed rights. And so by you going an extra mile, you are actually turning the tables on that Roman soldier. You're actually telling them again that you're a human being and that you deserve respect. And by going that second mile, it is now your choice. He's saying that there's a way to turn the tables to where you get that respect. We don't have to be uh, in an in a, in a area where we are being repressed. We do not have to be inhumane. We do not have to be that way. And so he's talking about the things that when we abuse you, and when he's talking about if somebody takes your shirt, give them your cloak too, a lot of people, that's what they had. So the image that people of the time are getting into their heads there is when he's talking about giving them your cloak too, you are now standing there naked in front of this person. Again, again, It is a way of almost what he's saying is give them whatever they want because they cannot take away who you are. It doesn't matter. Their power is powerless when you take control. That's led to a lot of human rights. That's led to a lot of uh, uh, civil rights. That's led to a lot of protest. Even today, people are demanding that you treat them as a human being, as an equal. Now, that being said, he also points in uh, the part where uh, it says, you shall uh, love, your, uh, love those that love you, hate those that hate you. You see, that was kind of the rule of thumb in, in, in uh, ancient Israel times. You love those that loved you, you. If they hated you, you could hate them back. And Jesus, now, see, you've got one group of people here that are repressed, and he's hearing all this stuff about, oh, yeah, demand our dignity, demand our dignity. Yeah, Jesus is talking about us, he's talking about us. And now he's turning the table and he's saying, hey, but you also got to love him. And now the people that were on his side are like, crud. You see what I mean about Jesus, how he could separate a room, but he could make both sides feel challenged? Right now, he's thinking the people that are listening to him are thinking, yeah, we'll stand up for our rights. Yeah, you can slap me. You slap me like a human being. You want me to carry something? I'll carry it another mile and make, make you look like an abuser. That's what I'm going to do. But now I got to love him? What? That's you got. The point that Jesus is trying to make here is that you have the right to be treated like a person. You have the right to be treated like a human being. You have the right for respect. You have the right to have your dignity. You have the right to know that you are loved. And so do they. That's the radicalization that Jesus is bringing. That's the politics that Jesus is bringing to all of this, is that if you are demanding your respect your rights, you cannot then take the respect and rights away from someone else. God's love is for everyone. And the key to that love is that we all treat everyone with kindness, love, inclusion, respect, dignity. It's not our road alone to walk on. The message that Jesus is saying is you do, you do deserve rights. You do deserve love. And every single person does as well. Every single person, even those that disagree with you, even those that are on polar opposites. The message that Jesus is telling us is that every single one of us came into this world as an innocent baby. And that God still sees us that way in many ways. The the reason that Christ is here is because he's trying to reach that innocent baby in all of us. And every one of us has some things that have poisoned us in this world and caused us to be angry and caused us to be hateful and caused us to be prejudiced. And Christ is saying, I still know that little baby in you. And that baby is love. And they were a little baby too. And I'm here for them as well, just like I'm here for you. A lot of times we have, uh, even in in the, in the, uh, the, the veil of righteousness, we are sometimes given permission to be enraged so much that we hate the other side. We live in a polarized world right now where you're either on this side or on that side. And we claim that we're Jesus. And we claim that we're Jesus. And Jesus is saying, shut up. I'm Jesus. And my love is for everybody. Please get that straight. If you upset me, if you say something that upset me, and I hang on to that, and I build that rage, and I'm just stewing about it. Meanwhile, you're off living your life. But now I have, you have given me the, you've taken the power away from me. Because now I'm a slave to the rage that you inflicted on me. And that's all I feel now is rage. Christ is saying, don't let that be the thing that you carry. Because when you actually pray for your enemy, when you pray for the people, and I'm not talking about, I hope that they get that figured out. What he needs is his comeuppance. <laughs> I love that word. And Jesus, I don't know what it means. Jesus said... When you pray for somebody, when you actually pray for them to enjoy, to have joy in their life, to really know that Christ loves them, what you're doing is you are squashing that anger that they gave you. What we are is what we feed this world. And if we are rage and if we are anger and if we try to fight violence with violence, that's what we're feeding it. Whatever you're contributing, that's what you're growing. And so if you give me something with rage and I say, I'm not going to take it. You can lay it right here. But I see the child in you. And that's who I'm praying for. Because Christ calls me to pray for love. And I'm going to pray that you're loved. And if, you, if you're different than I am, if, <laughs> if you are you're probably better, better off. But if you're different in your complexion, if you're different in the way you live your life, different in uh, who you love, different in your background, you know, if we keep defining that different from your story, different from your upbringing, different from this, different from that, guess what? We suddenly realize that every single one of us is different. Every single one of us is an individual Every single one of us is a child of God. We have anger, we have rage, we have enemies. May we pray for each other and leave the anger to starve to death. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, it is so hard for us to like each other. It's easier for us to get angry. And it's easiest for, for us to wish revenge and pain. Help us to truly, truly treat every single human being the same way that we wish to be treated. We've been trying it. We've been trying to fight We've been trying to fight fight anger with anger and violence with violence, hatred with hatred. It ain't working. Help us try something different. Help us to try to fight all with love. Help us try to welcome. Help us grow. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.